Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. <clears throat> In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. The voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. He was <coughs> with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Our pithy readings this morning touch on very deep traditions. In fact, traditions that predate not only Christianity, but Judaism. We have the end of the story of Noah in Genesis today, which is a story that many of us were captivated by as children. And part of the reason for the story, of course, is to explain what a rainbow is. You can put yourself in sort of the mindset of the ancient world to see a rainbow in the sky on occasion after a rainstorm must have been a great and in some ways terrifying or at least awe-inspiring mystery. How did that work? What was it? But there is also, of course, a recapitulation in the story of Noah one of the most ancient written tales in all of human history, and that's the tale of Gilgamesh. It's a story that the Jewish tradition probably borrowed and then adapted and incorporated into its foundational myth from the Babylonian exile. But the story of Gilgamesh goes back millennia before the Babylonian exile. It's a very ancient tale of origins, where we come from, of why the world is the way it is, and that strange memory that seems to be in a number of cultures in the Near East of a great flood, which has caused no end of speculation amongst archeologists, historians, even geologists. What happened? We don't know for certain, but there is this sense that Water is the most powerful thing on the planet, as I have said before. And as it would just so happen, we had a minor flood in the basement again yesterday evening. So it's like we recapitulate the tale over and over again. <clears throat> the other curious connection that we have is with today's gospel narrative. 
and an ancient tradition about heroes. And many of you will recognize this from your study of the old Greek stories. Do you notice the cycle in the story? Jesus departs Galilee and goes to the Jordan where he is baptized. And then he goes out beyond the Jordan to the wilderness. And then he comes back to the Galilee with a new message. That is the whole heroic cycle in a nutshell. If you remember Ulysses, the Odyssey, and some of the other ancient Greek tales. The sense in which the son of Galilee goes out and comes back completely different with a new message. But it is also a story of the early Christian community to which Mark was addressed sometime in the latter half of the first century. And we have this sense that we are living in a world at that time which is still extant, by the way, in other parts of the world, while not ours, that to be baptized was to break completely with the old self and even with all of the old ties of life. For a Gentile being baptized in Mark's community, it was a break with the Greco-Roman world and might well be a break with blood ties and family. That is to say, in a very real sense, the old family was gone, and the Christian community was the new family. And that may have also been true of Jewish Christians by the time Mark was written, when they were baptized, they may have been making a break with their blood ties and even their Jewish roots, and they might have even been running the risk of being turned out of the synagogue by this time. So there is this sense, in a very real way, that there is a departure from the old way of being and the old life and embracing something <clears throat> completely radical and new. <laughs> Jesus walks that journey in this story. Mark puts it so simply, Jesus leaves his home country and town and goes to the Jordan, which is the border, the eastern border of Jewish civilization, and he is baptized there. And then in a great reversal of the story of Exodus, rather than going into the promised land, he leaves the promised land and enters the wilderness. I've always been fascinated by the wild beasts. How about you? The wild beasts in the story. What is that about? Curiously enough, the other two synoptic authors don't pick up the wild beasts. They embellish the story of Jesus' temptation with Satan, which can be a very helpful spiritual teaching. But the wild beasts in Mark must mean something because for Mark, not one word is put to paper unless it means something. 
We were discussing this at the eight o'clock this morning, and we settled at least on one possible explanation that the wild beasts are about the, the existential threat of living out in the wilderness. Of course, some of us know that even in civilization, there are wild beasts everywhere, right? Some of us were joking, well, you know, we raise children, you know? <laughs> but this sense of existential threat and then temptation of being completely unmoored and unconnected from everything that must have been Jesus' identity before that baptismal event. But it is required. Did you catch that? Jesus doesn't say, well, I'm going to go wander in the wilderness now. He is driven, and he is not driven by Satan. He is driven by the Spirit into this completely unmoored location and place. Now I ask you to consider your own journey. Do you remember a time, it may have been between jobs, it may have been between careers, it may have been a year off from school, it may have been a family break or crisis, do you remember a time in your life when you felt like you were completely untethered and unborn and uncertain where life was going to lead you next? That's the experience that Mark wants us to understand is essential, is essential to prepare us for the new path that God is leading us onto. Think about the way that we recount history, personal and shared. Markers in our history are often crisis points like this. They are the transition points between one way of life and another. And Mark wants us to understand our baptism that way, but Mark also wants us to understand our calling as Christians and into ministry that way as well. We might suppose that Jesus could have risen up out of the waters of the Jordan and the Spirit would have descended upon him and then he could have just gotten out dried off and gone back to Galilee straight away, that it was sufficient for the Spirit to come and bless him. But no, there has to be some sort of complete transition of his will and interior life as well, and that takes time and it takes challenge. This is the Lenten challenge to all of us. As I said on Ash Wednesday, our ability to choose our own fast may be just a little bit too convenient. What if we are given a fast by the world's needs around us? And what if we are given a wilderness to enter for our transformation? in order to prepare us for the next stage of the journey. 
What is, I wonder, the wilderness for Church of Our Savior right now? Is it the fact that we look around and we don't see the young people we used to see and the young families? Is it the fact that the numbers are down? Is it the fact that we struggle with floods and we are uncertain? Is it indeed possible that as the body of Christ, we are in a wilderness of sorts and we are tempted and we are challenged and we are with the wild beasts that might rough us up or present an existential threat? Is it possible in that same wilderness that angels come and wait on us? I offer that to you as a Lenten promise as we begin this season together. Where are the angels who wait on us? Where are the angels among us. I look around this room and I see a few, I must say. That's the good news of this gospel. Jesus is not alone in the wilderness with the wild beasts and the temptations. For us to get to a new place of ministry and growth, we have to enter that wilderness but we are not alone. In fact, as our ancestors understood, Jesus is there with us too, is he not? So that we may be prepared to come back to a world that Mark wants us to understand is in some level of crisis and to proclaim good news a message of hope, to find ourselves part of a new family now, God's great family, that does not understand the old boundaries and barriers that defined who we were, but rather sees us in a new way, in a new world. A blessed Lent to each of you, to all of us, together. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMelValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.